0: Live and local, this is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone, it's a Saints touchdown! It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Well, good day to you and
1: yours. How are you? Welcome. Monday, March 20th, the year 2023, the first day of spring. And what happens? Woke up in the Acadiana area with 30-degree temperatures. Wow. Right now, 55 degrees on, under mostly sunny skies. It's really a nice, nice, crisp Chamber of Commerce day. We've got a lot to talk about today women's basketball survive and advance a complete performance as the women of LSU dominated Michigan LSU baseball wins two out of three still remains the number one team in the country. UL on a roll with a sweep over Arkansas state. McNeese has now won seven straight as they get ready to roll on. Um, so we've got a lot, a lot to talk about, and we will do so under the, the fingery touch of my producer extraordinaire James Mesh, who's sitting there, in the master control suite in the FCO Development Studios. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family. Construction. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in the lovely village of Lake Charles. We are streaming everywhere. Welcome to technology. Everywhere 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, you can also find us on television as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines.
1: As I said earlier, a complete performance. LSU's women's basketball team has a number three seed dominated number six seeded Michigan 66 to 42. They finish off their season in the Pete Maravich Assembly Center undefeated and they advanced to the sweet 16 for the first time in almost a decade in just Kim Mulkey's second year as the face of the program it is absolutely amazing and the best thing she ever did was convince angel reese to come on down and enter the transfer portal and come to baton rouge got popped in the lip in the game's first possession and then she just went off 25 points 24 rebounds six blocks four assists three steals the 24 rebounds were a program record for a postseason game, that surpassed Sylvia Fowles' 20 rebounds and 24 points in the 2008 women's final four. Jasmine Carson came off the bench, she hit three of her first six three-point attempts, but it was all about defense. Kateri Pool was inserted into the starting lineup. Um, her her job was guarding Michigan's top st- score, Leisha Brown, and um, she did it. She held Brown to um, one of seven from the field, one of three from downtown, and the leading score for Michigan ended up with only three points in nearly 34 minutes of play. Tigers got double digits from Alexis Morris with 11 Ladesia Williams with 10. Tigers were 6 of 19 from downtown. The difference maker in this one, they only had 7 turnovers as compared to 16 for Michigan. LSU converted those 16 turnovers into 14 points so they had a 9 point advantage in points off of turnovers they had a 32 to 20 advantage on points in the paint despite Michigan being a taller team 18 to 2 in second chance points they dominated on the glass um out rebounding Michigan 46 to 26 wow we'll hear from Kim Mulkey, we'll hear from Angel Reese and the rest as the Tigers um, are heading to Utah. I mean, heading to Greenville, South Carolina, where they will next take on the number two seeded Utah Utes on Friday at Bon Secours Arena in Greenville, South Carolina carolina utah beat princeton 63 56 last night to advance to the sweet 16 lsu baseball suffered its second loss of the season first of sec play as they had already wrapped up the series against texas a&m and they fell eight to six walks were a big difference maker. Um, the Aggies uh, came up with some big runs late and sealed the game. So LSU comes back home with two wins and one loss. Uh, which was kind of a disappointing end to a really, really successful season. So LSU is 18-2 two overall, 2-1 two and one in the SEC, and they leave College Station with an SEC Series road win against a top-15 team that went to Omaha last year. Glenn West will join us in his normal Monday time slot. We'll recap the Tigers, whose next game is Tuesday at home against Central Arkansas told you about the Rage Cajuns. Uh they took care of business in their Sun Belt Conference Opener, winning Friday 15 to 4, Saturday 13 to 5, and Sunday 3-2-1. Um the big the big story on Sunday was just some really, really good pitching. Um an outstanding job by uh, Jackson Nezu, eight innings, picks gave up one hit, one run, struck out nine and walked two on hundred and eight pitches. He gave way to Blake Marshall in the ninth, who shut the thing down, and the Cajuns win it three to one to improve to fourteen and six overall, three and zero. Oh in Sun Belt Conference play. That's pretty darn good. The McNeese Cowboys swept Yale over the weekend, seven to one on Friday, eight to one on Saturday, nine to four on Sunday. They have now won a total of seven consecutive ball games and they will be back at Joe Miller Ballpark tomorrow when Houston comes to town and then they get underway in Southland Conference play, with Nichols coming to Joe Miller Barrel Park Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, the Smellicans beat the Rockets last night, uh, one seventeen to one oh seven. All five starters for the Pel's in double figures. Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCullum led the way with twenty six. Jonas Valanciunas had twenty one. Trey Murphy the third had fourteen, and Herb Jones had. 13. So as we speak right now, the Pelicans are 34 and 37. That tells me you add it up with my higher math degree. That gives you 71 games. The Pels have 11 games left in the regular season. Currently they are in the 12th spot in the West, meaning they are out of the playoffs. They're a half a game behind the Utah jazz, the LA Lakers and The Minnesota Timberwolves Timberwolves have lost three straight Pels are one game behind the eighth seeded Oklahoma City Thunder. They are a game and a half behind the struggling Golden State Warriors who continue to lose on the road. They've lost three in a row. They're twenty nine and seven at Oracle, seven and twenty nine away from San Francisco. So there you go with that one. Denver, four games up over Sacramento and Memphis. That's how the West shakes out. We'll talk with Ali Cassell in our number two uh, about the Pelicans. In the NCAA tournament, wow, 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 wow. Um, remarkable. Remarkable what this series and season uh, is is all about. It has been um, absolutely spectacular, with upsets left and right. Um, number one seeds falling. It, it's just been it's been remarkable. It really has. Um, three SEC teams in the field of the Sweet Sixteen with Alabama, the top seed number four-seeded Tennessee, and eighth-seeded Arkansas. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's coming down to cases, and we'll talk all about that as well because um, good teams left, really, really good teams left in this thing. And what we've learned about this NCAA tournament is expect the unexpected. There's not one bracket that remains alive and well. Uh, Who had Princeton in this thing? Who had them? Who had them? Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Always expect the unexpected in this thing. Great basketball. A month of madness has already been packed into a single weekend. Fairleigh Dickinson beats Purdue. Princeton tops Arizona and Missouri. The biggest names out there, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, done. Out of there. Out of there. What happens next? I don't know. Picking the top seeds of Alabama and Houston to end up in the final four. Eh, don't, uh, let's not be so sure of ourselves just yet. Using the definition of the NCAA of a tournament upset, games won by teams seeded five or more spots below the favorite, there have been seven of those through the first two rounds. Fairly Dickinson, Princeton, Princeton again. Furman beats Virginia. Pitt beats Iowa State. eighth seeded Arkansas beats number one seeded Kansas. Number seven seed Michigan State beats two-seed Marquette. You just never Ever, ever know Um, it has been something else. Rodney Terry of Texas has done a master for job, a masterful job getting the Longhorns through former coach Chris Beard's dismissal in early January. Uh, in his second stint with the program, number three seeded Xavier coach Sean Miller has the Musketeers back in the second weekend for the first time since 2017. longtime Baylor assistant Jerome Tang has led Kansas State, a three seed, to the second-highest tournament seed in program history. The Wildcats of K-State beat the Wildcats of Kentucky 75-69 in the second round. So first-year head coaches have done fairly, fairly well. Could this tournament have a first-time overall champion? It could be could be. Um, Of the 16 teams still alive in the men's bracket, 12 have never won at all. Alabama, Houston, Texas, Xavier, Kansas State, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Miami, San Diego State, Creighton, Florida Atlantic, and Princeton. Princeton's a 15 seed. Florida, Atlantic is a nine. Creighton is a six. You've got two number five, San Diego State and Miami. You got a number four in Tennessee. You have a number three in Gonzaga, Kansas State, and Xavier. You have one number two seed in Texas and two number ones Alabama and Houston. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We'll talk and delve into all of these things as the day goes on. But we'll take our first time out of the day. When we come back, they're still dancing in Tigertown. They'll be flying to Greenville, South Carolina for a Friday matchup with Utah. Tigers destroy Michigan. We'll hear from head coach Kim Mulkey, Angel Reese, and company after this timeout.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: You want to see the defending world champs in person? Well, you are in luck because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our first Astros weekend getaway of the season. Houston takes on the Texas Rangers on Saturday, April 15th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, We're back 19 minutes after the hour. Let's turn our focus to the LSU women's basketball team who beat Michigan yesterday 66 to 42, limiting the Wolverines to single digits. Seven points in the first quarter, eight points in the second quarter. Again, they forced 16 turnovers. And you can tell by the shot chart differential. LSU took 68 field goal attempts. Michigan only 46. LSU didn't shoot the ball well, 35% from for the game, 32% from downtown. But they took 22 more shots than Michigan because they turned them over. Kim Mulkey, after the ball game, was asked if this was the best defense she saw from her team all year long.
2: We were definitely locked in. I don't know if I would just categorize it as the best. It was good. It was darn good because we really didn't shoot it good. You look at the, you know, until we got to the, what, the third? Oh, actually, it was the fourth quarter. We started relaxing and hitting some of those threes. Uh, Jasmine handled herself like a trooper. She knew exactly why Kateri started, and it had nothing to do with anything but size. We knew they were bigger on the perimeter, and I wanted size in there, and I don't hesitate to put her in. They played a lot of zone, and I told her to go in there, and you get open, look, fire it, and she came out on fire, and, and it was so big. It was so big.
1: Uh- Three of six from downtown for nine points in ten and a half minutes of play. You heard Kateri Poole entered into the starting lineup for defensive purposes, trying to shut down Leja Brown. that all the leading scorer for Michigan, and she did so, limiting her to three points. Kim Mulkey talked about Kateri Poole and her significance in the ballgame.
2: You know, Kateri was at Ohio State. Angel was at Maryland. Those guys are familiar with that league. And I thought Kateri did great defensively. I thought every time Brown tried to do something, Kateri was right there trying to tie her up, just physical with her. I thought when screens were set, Kateri, if you can't get over it, get under it. Um, She was big time. Uh, The big three she hit, that was big. That was confident. Uh, Kateri will pass the ball before she shoots it a lot of times. Uh, She can shoot it, shoot it. Let it fly. Um, She was good. She was good defensively. All
1: right. I still believe this women's basketball team to get to a final four and they'll have their hands full against Utah. They're going to have to shoot the ball better uh, because more teams are going to play zone, even though uh, even though Michigan did, they still couldn't sh- stop Angel Reese, who was eight for 23 from the floor, but she gets to the free throw line, nine of 11 from the stripe to go along with her 24 rebounds, 10 of which were offensive rebounds. So that's where she gets most of her points. She goes to the glass gets rebounds if she doesn't make shots she gets fouled and she is a prolific free throw shooter but you heard about jasmine carson knocking down some of her first threes that first three threes that she took um kateri Poole was one for two Flage johnson hit two alexis morris was old for five they're going to get to get better production but kim mulkey was asked about i mean whoo you saw some threes go down how'd that make you feel
2: Yes, the relief was the timing of hitting the threes. We had taken some. Alexis was what, you know, she was kind of hesitant after she missed a few, and Flagey was not real happy at herself for missing a few. Uh, and so I thought, if they're going to stay in this zone, let me give Jazz a look. And uh, she came out just smoking, and uh, she wanted to go back in. I'm ready, Coach. I'm ready. I said, I know you are, Jazz. I know you are. Uh, but the flow of the game dictates, you know, when you go in the game. But, man, she she's – She's our hero. I mean, she came in and and did her job.
1: She did her job. The coaching staff did their job. And it is rather remarkable that in year two, LSU's made it to the Sweet 16. It's um, nothing short of amazing. The transfer portal, uh, the relentless recruiting of Kim Mulkey and her staff, um, that's what it's all about. Kim was asked about getting to the Sweet 16.
2: It's not a championship, but it is definitely accomplishment. We have won one more game than we won last year. Uh, And you better believe that that's big for us in rebuilding this program. I thought um, the students were back tonight. They're done with spring break. I thought they were just awesome. I thought the crowd was electric. Um, but, yeah, Jock, it's that's a, that's a big deal for this program at this time. I've got coaches in there with tears in their eyes that have never won and been to a Sweet 16. I've got coaches in there that have been to multiple Final Fours and National Championships. So you don't ever take things for granted, and you let them enjoy it. You let them soak it all in and um, got kids in that locker room that have never been to a Sweet 16.
1: She certainly has. And it's it's just remarkable. We talked about Bayou Barbie, <laughs> Angel Reese, uh, 25 points, 24 rebounds, six blocks, four assists, three steals. I mean, that's just on the on on the big stage. She performed like an Academy Award winner. She was spectacular. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. 24 rebounds, a program record for a postseason game. Um, She has done everything. They finished the regular season. They finished their home court season uh, because it's on the road from here on out. They, They were undefeated. And Angel Reese talked about the importance, particularly for those seniors out there,
3: For me, I was hungry. I mean, I didn't want to let my seniors go out on a a loss. I mean, this means more than me. It's bigger than me. I mean, they had their last game in the PMAC of their career. So just being able to go out there and play as hard as I could and just being out there and leave it all on the floor for them was just the most important thing to me tonight.
1: Just relentless on the glass, relentless on the glass, no matter what that other defense does. She is just relentless on the glass. She talked about the last time before this NCAA tournament began, they suffered their second loss of the season in a, in a dramatic comeback by Tennessee. So Angel was asked what's changed since that loss in the sec tournament.
3: Just focus. Um, Staying together as one. I mean, I've, we've, we've seen so many different lineups and different things and different defenses thrown at us. They played us in a zone early on. So we, pre- we had preparation for that early on in practice yesterday and then some today um, in, pre- in pre- pregame shooting. So just being able to t- stay attention to detail because, I mean, it's if like we're going to go home right now. So if you're not paying attention and executing plays and doing what we're supposed to do, then we can go home. So we want to stay here.
1: Uh, After tonight, they'll have the 16 teams left remaining in the women's NCAA tournament. LSU will take off and uh, head to Greenville, South Carolina, where they will take on Utah on Friday win or go home uh survive and advance that is what it's all about thanks james mesh for getting all that sound force early early in the morning i appreciate that and uh what, what a special season it has been to date and we'll see if they can do it on the road and not in the friendly confines of the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Don't count them out. We'll take a timeout here when we come back. LSU baseball, two out of three against the Aggies in College Station, still the number one team in the country, and an SEC Player of the Week to talk about after this timeout.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We
1: are blessed to have sponsors the likes of ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets over 60 of them in Southern and Central Louisiana. If you can't shop right, at ShopRite you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. You use that dryer, you you take that little vent thing out, right? You clean that thing, but what about all the stuff that shoots outside your house? That gets clogged. Clean it, save your dryer, save your energy bill by Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Beach season is here. Get it done at Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, so many games to play, but you can't win until you start actually Plain, D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, everything under the sun in their stop, in their shop, along with a true soul food deli, home of the just best cheeseburger you've ever tasted, and by Cajun Chef. Oh, uh, have you had some crawfish yet? Well, if you have, you can make it even better. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce.
0: This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: We're back 33 minutes after the hour, or actually 35 minutes after the hour, excuse me, uh, on a beautiful first day of spring, March 20th, 2023. Um, he joins us each and every Monday with Thrilled. He covers LSU sports. Mr. Glenn West is with us. Glenn, good afternoon, my friend. How are you?
4: Hey, Jordy, I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm terrific. LSU football gets back on the Ponderosa tomorrow. Early morning starts might be a little cool for them. We'll see. We'll talk a little bit about that. But let's let's focus our attention on two things. Um, LSU baseball, they win two out of three against Texas A&M. Tough loss uh, on Sunday, eight to six. Free passes was the issue. Too many walks on that game, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, free passes was a theme really all weekend, um, but mm-hmm. the first two days it was certainly on LSU's side. Um, Texas AM and gave up 25 walks, hit by pitches and errors in the first two games. Uh, LSU really capitalized on that and, and won uh, handily both games uh, on Friday and Saturday. And then um, on Sunday yeah they ran into some some issues of their own. Um, they I think dished out eight or nine walks and hit a batter or two as well and particularly in that eighth inning there when uh Am was able to kind of get the bases loaded you really needed uh to get three outs in a row Christian little was able to give you two straight strikeouts and then uh, a walk and a couple of hits later and it's a brand new ball it's a very different ball game so yeah. um all, overall you know we talked with Jay Johnson today very positive about the weekend as a whole you go on the road and you get a a series win over a top 15 team on the road um and you know it's a disappointing end but you know they're they're still very confident and very uh much pleased with their efforts this weekend
1: let's get some takeaways from this one one paul Skeens uh went six and a third on friday allowed four hits 11 strikeouts zero walks a season high 106 pitches this dude is really, really good.
4: He's incredible. And, you know, I've had a chance to see him, you know, live in person three or four times. And, you know, we're kind of behind, uh, you know, the, the 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 bases and also right. behind and up up a little bit. So you can't really get a, a great view of how the pitches look going into the batter. But, man, watching it on TV, he is just dealing at another level. I mean, I have never seen anything quite like it, um, at least at the college level. I mean, he's – uh, you know, we've talked a lot about how Dylan Cruz is a professional playing college baseball, and <laughs> I, I think Paul Skeens is right there with him. I mean, he's he, he threw, I think, o- almost 100 pitches um, on 106. Friday. 106.
0: Uh, 106.
4: He yep. threw over 100. Yep. And I, I would say over half of those were fastballs, and they never dipped below 97 miles an hour. And wow. he was in the triple digits for several innings. Um, and, yeah, just – Um, elite, elite stuff. And when he's locating the pitches the way he was on Friday, he's impossible to hit. And it's just uh, really, really impressive watching him uh, on the mound.
1: They've got themselves a thoroughbred on uh, on yeah. Friday. One th- player that I, I, I really thought when you looked at what transgressed a year ago and what might happen this year, I thought Josh Pearson would be in the starting lineup. He, he was a dynamic hitter the second half of the season. He's been on the bench, getting a little spot play here and there. They started him, I guess, and uh, boy, he delivered. He
4: delivered. Very much. Yeah, very much so. And that was great to see. I think he had four or five hits over the weekend, a couple of RBI swings in there, uh, took some really good at bats. And he's a guy that Jay Johnson's been wanting to get back out there because he was, you know, right there uh, hitting next, hitting behind Trey Cruz, hitting behind Jacob Barry last year, late in the season, and very clutch situations. Yeah. Um, he, he just went through a really rough patch in the fall and in the spring. And I actually asked Jay about that today, and he, Essentially, said, Look, we've got a really great pitching staff. Uh, and, and, you know, in the fall and spring, he was just really struggling to hit those guys. And so it wasn't really a lack of trust or confidence. It was just other guys were performing a little bit better. And so yeah. you had, I mean, you had Braden Joe Bear. Uh, at the very beginning of the season, hitting home runs every other game. And so uh, Pearson just had to wait his turn, um, but he got his opportunity this weekend. And he was a guy that hit over 300 in SEC play last year. And so uh, if you can get that out of him moving forward, LSU's in a really, really good spot. Braden Joe Bear Cade Beloso,
1: and now Pearson. Yep. Uh, we'll see who starts in the SEC. Th- those are big. One player that didn't seem to need any Acclamation to the SEC was um Tommy White, um, the SEC uh-huh. player of the week, the NC State transfer, seven hits, seven ribbies over the weekend. Here's another one that um man, we didn't know because he got hurt in that first game. Uh, but since he's been back, sheesh, he was LSU's most valuable player over the weekend.
4: Yeah, no, absolutely, and he had a, a couple really good plays over at third base too. He's been um, a much improved defender from from everything we've heard, and we had a chance to finally see it um, uh, over the weekend with a couple of hit balls uh, right at him. So, uh, yeah, he's been extremely impressive. You know, he kind of got off to a slow start uh, with that shoulder injury that kind of popped out of place, and yeah, he was you know kind of shell for a few games and took a little while to find his rhythm again, but. Man, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think he's batting well over 400 the last three weeks of the season. Um, Just really uh, been, been an amazing addition to this lineup and, I mean, when you when you got to stare down Dylan Cruz and Tommy White's right after you, that's going to be really hard for (laughs) for any kind of pitcher going forward. And you saw that in the first couple of games. There were times where uh, Dylan got on base and uh, there was a little two out rally on Saturday where Cruz knocked a double and then Tommy White drove him in with the single. And so um, those two are going to be really, really hard to get out. And it's just it's a really potent lineup when you got guys like Pearson also able to complement those Mm -hmm. those stars. You're not worried about Paxton Kling. I mean, he was red hot. He gets into the
1: SEC. He goes one for 15 without any extra base hits. Maybe that's a kid uh, who, who kind of needs to kind of see what SEC pitching is all about.
4: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he needs more reps. And so, you know, I – wasn't necessarily surprised. I mean, uh, Brady Neal, the other freshman catcher at the plate, he struggled a little bit uh, in their first, you know, SEC true road environment. And it's just, it was tough. I mean, look, they they put Paxton in that position, that leadoff position, three games in a row uh, and he, he struggled. And, and, you know, it's, it's going to be something where I think they probably look at and adjust accordingly, but um, I don't think he's leaving the lineup anytime soon. They've seen what his potential is when he's, uh, at the plate and when he's dialed in. And I think it's just going to be a, really about confidence and gaining it back and, and getting to see more SEC pitching moving forward.
1: Glenn West, kind enough to join us. We're talking LSU baseball. Um, I was always wondering, um, how does the bullpen shake out? And we saw during the SEC, it's, uh, uh, you go with Nate Aikenhausen, all right? Mm-hmm. Then you come in with Christian Little, the Vandy transfer. Yep. Um other than Little late
4: in Sunday, I mean, that, that those two have been spot on. Yeah, those two have been great. You got uh, Garrett Edwards, who threw about 60 pitches on Saturday, got you through most of the latter innings of Saturday's game uh, unscathed. And then, you know, yesterday they went with Riley Cooper and Chase Shores uh, and finally finished it up with uh, – uh, with little there in the eighth and uh yeah they they, they kind of struggled a little bit on Sunday when you look at the the box score and look at the stats but um if you kind of watched the game and looked at it a little bit deeper uh Cooper got you know the starter Thatcher Hurt out of a double play jam early in the uh third inning uh you look at Chase Shores and what he was able to do and uh got Riley Cooper out of a big jam in mm-hmm. the fifth inning um able to carry you into the eighth with the with the with the lead and so um, you know, there there were some certainly some some moments there where where the the bullpen let it get away from them, but uh, also some really great takeaways too of guys just being able to pick the pick the guy in front of them up and, and get them out of some really tough situations and uh, hold on to the lead for for most of that game. So that was very encouraging. Glenn West with us. Uh, LSU has sent for Arkansas on Tuesday, then
1: Friday, Saturday, Sunday back at the box with Arkansas who went three and zero in there. Uh, first SEC weekend series, they're the only Western Division team that's unblemished. The East has South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt. How about Tennessee going 0 and three out of the gate? Yeah. What
4: the heck's going on? There were a couple surprises. Tennessee got swept. Mississippi State, I believe, got swept. Um, yeah. You know, there, there were there were some big shockers out there, and uh, Kentucky came out and, and really put it to Tennessee this last weekend. Uh, they had, I think. They had to play a doubleheader, I believe, on Sunday, and I was following the LSU game. And about three innings in, I heard, or listened, or saw on, on Twitter that Tony Vitello had gotten ejected from no, the game. No, not on again. Sunday, not Tony. Yeah, not again, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it matched up almost perfectly with the LSU radio broadcast that said that you know. Uh, Tennessee was losing their second game and Chris Blair was first to point out, well, I bet Tony's getting ejected pretty soon. And sure <laughs> enough, you know, a couple minutes later he was ejected. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a really, uh, really entertaining kind of first week of, of SEC play and, uh, LSU I think came out really really good
1: yeah two and one on the road Tennessee 0-3 the defending champs Ole Miss 0-3 Auburn yeah. 0-3 Mississippi State 0-3 a lot of baseball to be played uh but so far so good how about those uh how about Angel Reese how about that girl yeah she's incredible <laughs> right I mean she that really was, is
4: uh, really performance for the ages I watched most of the game last night um and you know Look, she she was phenomenal. She I think she had a double double two minutes into the second <laughs> quarter. Um, she was just getting offensive rebounds galore, twenty five points, twenty four rebounds, six blocks, uh, three steals, three assists. I believe is was her final stat line. But um, the way I mean, kind of coming into this game, you thought that Michigan's size might be a problem for LSU, but um, they they weren't at all. I mean, there was it yeah. was. Uh, really phenomenal defensive performance by the Lady Tigers and held them to 42 points, but beat them by 25. Um, you know it was it was a really really just dominant performance and it's progress, right? I mean LSU yeah. didn't get out of the second game last year uh, in the PMAC, and this year they they got two blowouts and now they're off to the Sweet 16. Uh, I think really the the big turning point in that game was Jasmine Carson coming in and hitting three threes. I think took a you know six or seven point lead into like an 18 point lead in a, you know, about a stretch of a minute and a half. And LSU was really out and rolling from there. So uh, really great to see, you know, not only Reese perform well, but some of those complimentary players as well uh, who are going to be needed uh, in these next couple of games in the tournament. Still think they're going to have to shoot the ball a little bit better uh particularly from the
1: perimeter and you know um Alexis Morris can't go 0 for 5 from downtown she's gotta she gotta step up her game because Utah's not gonna be an easy one they're a two seed for a
4: reason yeah Utah's got a really big uh uh big big woman in the middle too uh so yeah that's gonna be a really good uh matchup for Angel Reese um you know that you could have made the you know the account that lsu could have been a two seed and, and maybe in that spot but um yeah. yeah look it's it's a really good progress uh for this program to to be in this position um yeah i've been talking about it with a couple of people that cover the program and you know they they think that anything now is just icing on the cake you know they've had a really good season i think next year you're looking at probably a, here's the a little bit more difficult strength of schedule so yeah. maybe you can you really compete and, and get into that number one seed conversation but yeah. um yeah look it's been a really good second year i think you can't deny the fact that they're here to stay they're going to be a program that's uh, around for a while as long as kim mulkey's running it and so um i think anything you were able to accomplish now is just even more momentum heading into next year you think um
1: brian kelly's going to have his strength and conditioning staff weigh the players when they come back when they come back from spring break and uh, before they get on the practice field tomorrow or you
4: think he's going to just say i don't want to know yeah that's a good question i i probably would imagine there's been some workouts today and Certainly getting a feel for which players for doing the right things and maybe which ones need a little extra a little extra push here in the next 24 hours. But, yeah, look, this is going to be the, the important stretch of spring, uh, of spring practice here. They get 13 practices now over the next couple weeks. Uh, you're going to see them practice, I think, three or four times a week now over the yeah. last yeah. couple of weeks before uh, things start to wrap up. So uh, going to be out there tomorrow. We'll be out there Thursday, and we'll be oh, out there on Saturday. Lots of in- updates coming early in the morning about
1: 7 55 y'all get out there so glenn don't don't be staying up too too late on this thing any news from no. a recruiting weekend or anything
4: no nothing really recruiting wise okay. um you know i think a lot of the coaches were kind of just taking the downtime um you know I, I know basketball is is having the men's basketball is having some of their exit meetings this week and they're going to start making some decisions on which guys they hope to keep which guys you know they, they they'll they'll see enter the portal and uh they've they've been in contact with a number of prospects already in the portal. So I would imagine we start seeing some movement men's basketball wise in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think football wise, it was another another really good weekend. And you know, we'll we'll see what happens kind of moving forward. Who so you got cutting down the nets, man? I mean, this NCAA tournament's been crazy. It's been it's been really crazy. Um I Maybe be boring and say Alabama. I mean, I think they've, they've been the best team in the, in the country for a while now. Um, and you know, they've, they've played really well. They've backed it up every step of the way. So uh, can't, can't really say anything's going wrong with them right now.
1: I think Alabama and Tennessee play again, this time in the final four. I think Tennessee's got yeah. with, with out. I think Tennessee would, and they, I, Oh, they got a great path to get to Houston. So Greg Sankey ought to be happy. Um, but Come on, <laughs> must leave your shirt on, dude. Come on. Well, what's up with that? Arkansas's playing on. well. I mean, look, well. you can't I you told you can't, y'all you, can't, you can't negate. They got so yeah. much talent. They're, they're better but they than just record. get it together. Man, anyway, Glenn West, you're the best. Thank you, man. Get, get to right. bed early. You got take an early morning tomorrow. Thank you, buddy. Yep. Will do. Right. We'll do. Thank you. A, we'll take a quick time out. We'll come back and wrap up our number 1 next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's
1: crawfish time in the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has given you a chance to win everything you need to throw the ultimate crawfish boil party. It's the game's ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry lumber Cody's crawfish and iron horse sales and service. Go register in the game rewards club at one Oh three seven, the to score a $500 visa gift card, a boiling pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumblers, chairs, and two giant sacks of live crawfish. As if that's not enough, we're throwing in a pair of Astros tickets. So enter now. It's the ultimate crawfish boil giveaway cooked up by St. Landry lumber Cody's crawfish iron horse sales and service, and the game.
0: Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question.
1: Actually, I'd like to jump
0: in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Austin. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Over six glorious days of the NCAA tournament, 52 teams were eliminated from the field of 68. Only 16 remain next week. At this time, there'll only be four. Of those 52 teams eliminated, one was Iona, one was... Providence. And now the coaches of both of those schools are going elsewhere. Ed Cooley leaving Providence to become the head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas and making ma- one more run at it, one more run. Iona's Rick Patino is left. He is now the new head coach of St. John's, bringing back the beast of the Big East, right? Um at 70 years old. So um, Ricky Patino, he's, he's even older than that. Um, the new head coach at St. John's. That's terrific. That is terrific. They've got antiquated facilities at St. John's, but but Patino will head to Wall Street, and he'll get all the NIL money you can ever imagine because his profile is bigger than the university. He's got that, uh, that Q rating that you need. Uh, he's going to get players he's going to find every player you need they're right there in his backyard in new york city he'll find them he'll get them and st john's will make a dramatic dramatic turnaround instantly if he could take ty iona to the ncaa tournament for a couple years in a row st john's will be in really 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 good shape um impressive team I- i thought tennessee was terrific their defense is stifling alabama good guard play and uh brandon miller uh yukon's really really there's a lot of good teams left in this thing uh we'll delve into that our number two we'll talk the pelicans with ali cassell blake ruffino will join us as well this is the Jordy helpert show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for the LSU Tigers, still dancing in women's hoops, and the Houston Astros.
0: Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg.
1: Hour number two of two, and away we go on this Monday, March 20th, the year 2023. We are here uh, through the help of a lot of people, including my producer, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. Where you'll also find Delta Media and Delta Media is um, right there. And on the campus, you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com 1041thegame.com And if you're in the Acadiana area, uh, you can catch us on television as we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. 16 teams left in the men's college basketball tournament, two number number 1 seeds are out they're out. Just Alabama and Houston remain alive as a number one seed. Um, Rick Patino back in the limelight, has accepted the head coaching job at St. John's. Ed Cooley has left Providence to accept the head job at Georgetown. LSU women's basketball team, survive and advance in dramatic fashion. They had absolutely demoralized Michigan 66-42. to 42. Angel Reed A superstar with 25 points, 24 rebounds, 6 blocks, 4 assists, and 3 steals. She was absolutely sensational. Defense was terrific. Friday, the beat goes on. LSU in Greenville, South Carolina, in the Sweet 16 to take on a two-seed in the Utah Utes. Yes, indeed. LSU baseball wins two out of three, still ranked number one in the country. Tommy White um, was terrific with seven hits, seven RBIs. He is the SEC player of the week. Yes, indeed. Um, Yes, indeed. LSU center fielder Dylan Cruz is still number one in the nation in on-base percentage at 648. In runs scored 37. He's number three in the country in batting average with a 508. White, the aforementioned White, the SEC player of the week, is number one in the nation in RBIs per game. He's driving in two runs per outing. And right-hander Paul Skeens leads the nation in strikeouts with 59 with pitching wins at five lsu next up against central arkansas on tuesday at the box and then they host arkansas who swept their sec opening weekend they are three and oh so it should be a dynamic matchup uh, early on in the sec season uh ul had a big performance over the weekend Great pitching performance by Jackson Nezu uh, and Sunday as they swept Arkansas State, uh, winning Sunday three to one. Uh, Jackson was um, eight innings pitched, gave up one hit, one run, struck out nine, uh, and the Raging Cages are now fourteen and six overall. in Sunbelt Conference play. McNeese swept their series against Yale uh, without any problems. 7-1 Friday, 8-1 Saturday, 9-4 on Sunday. Will Wade's out there trying to get him some basketball players. And meanwhile, um, next up for McNeese, Tuesday night, the Houston Cougars come to Joe Miller Ballpark, and then it's the start of Southland Conference play as the Nichols Colonels come to Joe Miller for a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, No news on the free agent market for the New Orleans Saints at this point in time. The Dallas Cowboys – made an offer back in the day to one Odell Beckham Jr. That didn't uh, really work out, Uh, but the Cowboys made a deal and they brought in former Saint, a guy that's been, he has bounced around the NFL left and right. Uh, Brandon Cooks is um, now a Dallas Cowboy. Yes, indeed. A uh, Dallas Cowboy. They made a trade for the Texans wide receiver um, as Houston will get a fifth-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2024. Those are just some of the headlines of the day coming up in this hour. We'll talk about the Pelicans. They're outside looking in. We've got 11 games left to go in the regular season. Can they make a push and get into the play-in? That's the big goal. They're They're right there. But can they put back to back to back wins together? Ali Cassell will join us and talk about the woes and the bagoes of the Smelicans after this first time out in hour number two. Next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette (laughs) and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We here at the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, Would love if you could help us out. We'd love for you to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, At The Game Louisiana, and turn on the bell so so that you can get notifications when we post our new content and game recaps. We'd love to get to 1,000 followers and then build on from there, but we need your help. So go to At The Game Louisiana
0: on YouTube. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
1: We are back 11, 12 minutes after the hour on this Monday, March 20th. Um, I said 11 because there's 11 games left in the regular season for the New Orleans Pelicans as they attempt somehow some way to become one of the top 10 teams in their conference and get into the play-in round of the NBA playoffs. Ali Cassell joins us after the Pels beat the lowly Houston Rockets 117 to 107 thanks to a 20-point lead at halftime. Um, Ali, good afternoon, sir. How are you?
5: I'm doing well, Jordy. Thanks for asking. How about yourself?
1: I'm okay. How do you lose to the Rockets on a Friday and then come back and beat them on a Sunday? They had to win both of those games. It's like it's just kind of like encapsulates the whole season, like disappointment to enjoyment. We don't know what's coming next. I hate to sound that way, but that's just how it feels.
5: No, you're not wrong. Look, and in that game, they jumped out to a heck of a lead, right? 26-12. to And then they give up a 22 to nothing run. That astounded me. But it's the way they, that, that fourth quarter unfolded, where they had a double-digit lead, and they let that slip away, too. Yep. To, like I said, one of the worst teams all season, right? They've been at the bottom of the Western Conference yep. pretty much for every single day of this season. And you have no business losing to them. You really don't. I know they're talented, but it doesn't matter. And the Pelicans, they, they just failed to execute, right? They failed to give you that oomph. They didn't box out when they needed to, take care of the basketball, Most importantly, they stopped looking for Jonas Valanciunas. That really irks me, right? He's been fantastic these last two games, but in that fourth quarter, he got one touch or or one shot attempt, attempt, excuse me, in Friday's game. That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. Doesn't
1: that come down to coaching? Don't you call a timeout and say, guys, throw the ball to the big guy. He's doing – what are y'all doing? I mean, you got to point – got to put some of that onus on the coaching staff.
5: You absolutely do. And I know that they've normally given out the correct messages, the right game plans, but just the message didn't carry through, right? For whatever reason, sometimes the Pelicans either accept the info or they don't because I've heard them plenty of times talk about how many threes they want to look for, who to look for, and and it just doesn't happen. So when I hear the coaching staff say it, but then you see the team doesn't perform well, it still really does fall on the coaching staff, right? They've got to get that point across. They've got to teach these young guys on really – how to win. I know they've got some veterans like CJ, Larry Nance, and others, but look, it's still largely a bunch of young guys, and that's what the coaches are there for, usually to help those type of guys. And somehow, like you said, you've got to get that message through.
1: I've always said winning is a learned trait. You've got to learn how to win and that comes from from coaching. There's talent on the floor, you got to coach that talent in certain ta- phases of the game and 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 moments of the game on how to win. So they're they're right now in the 12th spot in the West. Um they're a half a game behind Utah for 11. A half a game behind the Lakers for 10th and a half a game behind the Timberwolves for ninth with 11 games left to go. And looking at the schedule as it unfolds, what odds do you give the Pels of getting this thing together and getting just, just getting into the, one of the 10 teams in this conference?
5: Yeah. Uh, if you would asked me after Friday's game, I would have put it probably underneath 10%. But honestly, it's probably closer to 50-50, right? I mean, you just read off the list. Look, had they won Friday, they'd be in a tie for eighth right now with the Thunder at 35 and 36. So you can't have any more of those slip-ups, right? You've got to win some of these games that they've been losing, right? The close ones. It wasn't just them. I still don't like that loss to the Magic. And there were several others in the last couple of weeks. But you look around them, nobody else is really, you know, playing like gangbusters. I mean, I think the Thunder and maybe the Lakers, the only teams above 500, within this block of, you know, between 5 and 12. So you just go to a winning streak, and, you know, we keep saying maybe they can use their most recent win as a springboard, and maybe they can do something, right? So, Jordy, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody to bet one way or the other because we know that's fool's with this team that's really disappointed more times than not. But I will say that I just feel like there's still a good chance that they'll make it because that, that path exists. Utah Jazz, they don't want to make it. I know that they're sitting, what, half a game above – The Falcons can jump over them. Then it's just getting over one more team. And I feel like that's doable.
1: Minnesota seems to be faltering a little bit, but man, the schedule down the road is tough, man. You got uh, golden state. You got the Clippers. You've got uh, a lot of good teams ahead. Denver Phoenix. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of good teams. You have to play. Um, We'll have to see how much of a loss to this club. I mean, Jose Alvarado hasn't played in quite some time now. How big of a loss is that in your
5: mind? I think it's really big, and I think not having him, say, for that Friday game really hurt where you needed somebody to be a spark plug to be tough, right, because Jonas was tough, but there was nobody else, and you need to have at least several guys out there on the perimeter. Excuse me, I think Herb Jones has played really well, but other than that, no, I mean, look, in that game, what bothered me the most was CJ and Brandon getting back in transition defense, and Houston scored every single time. That doesn't Mm -hmm. happen when Jose's out there because he's a pest, right? He'll pick you up full court and you need more disruptors than just Herb on on defense, so if he would have been there, I would have loved it. On top of, right, offensively, I feel like he might be, next to maybe Zion, this this team's best floor general, right, that can read the the floor, figure out where the play, where the ball should go, and make a play. So without having Zion or of course Jose, you can see why the offense is struggling at times because B.I., he relies on getting a shot first. Same thing with C.J. They're playmakers secondary, and for nobody else really to come off the bench for Willie behind Jose, right? They gave Kairos a minute. Dyson's not ready. There's nobody else. So you're right. Jose's yeah. loss is very big. It's gone really unnoticed, but I'm glad you're giving it some attention because it's been uh, crucial.
1: I agree. Um, Against Houston on Sunday, the starters, all five, played at the least 33 minutes or more. Um, do you foresee that the rest of the way? Does that mean Willie Green is not uh, pleased with the production of his bench?
5: No, honestly, I don't. Because, look, most of the times the bench has been the better, right, um, of the two. The starters have been the ones that have been woeful for like the last month and a half. But over the weekends, right, they figured something out. The starters did, and they played much better. Will it carry over to against some of these better teams? I don't know because, look, they haven't performed well all season outside of that first couple of months. So I don't think we can read very much into that at all because, look, Jordy, you know, Larry Nance is a big part of what they do. It just made sense to ride Jonas because Houston couldn't stop him. But most nights, Jonas is going to go against somebody bigger than Sangoon, somebody more experienced. And then, of course, I expect that, you know, Najee, Dyson, they're going to give you more than um, what we've seen of late because they usually have come through better uh, during the season.
1: Ali Cassell at the bird rights. Who's the MVP of the league this year? Because at one point in time, it seemed like Nikola Jokic was the runaway. And now uh, people are getting off of him and uh, Joel Embiid. Who is it?
5: Yeah, it makes sense. Doesn't it? I mean, Denver's hitting that, that skid, their worst part of of the season at the wrong time. Um, Suddenly, you know, I don't think say Sacramento is going to overtake him, but look, it's noticeable. They're not a runaway uh, team in the Western conference. So, when you look around the league, I mean, let's face it, I think what Joel Embiid's done in the last couple months has been more impressive than Jokic, even though he's putting up the numbers. It's how resounding Philadelphia has been winning, especially here in March. So, I, you know, I think there's good reason why you, you talk about him, but you can't overlook Giannis either, right? Milwaukee's yeah. got the best record in the league, and I don't think there's a better player in the league today, right? If you had to choose one, I think I'm choosing Giannis over anybody if I'm building a team.
1: I'm with you. He had the uh, 13th perfect triple double in NBA history. 22 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and those 22 points, uh, he never missed a shot from the field. Nine for nine from the field. He's he's just ridiculous.
5: <laughs> he is, and that makes you want, That that makes me miss Zion Williamson more. It seems like the Pelicans lose just about every game since he's been out. If they don't shoot better than the opponent. And guess what? Zion pretty much makes everything he looks at, just like Giannis. So I can't wait for that big fella to come back, and I hope it happens. I I haven't ruled him out yet, Jordy. Hopefully during that last week of the season, if the Pels especially need him, and it looks like he can come back, give him something, I hope it happens. All
1: right, let's go over this, because we've done this before, and I won't hold you to it. I said 11 games left in the regular season. You know where the Pels are. Um, They're 12th, but they're just a half a game out of eighth, whatever. Uh, Of the 11 games, how many – because I went on the record and said they needed to win six of their last eight games in this stretch. The Spurs Mm -hmm. are the last of the eight games, and of those, let's see what they are. They lost to – they they beat the Trailblazers, that's one. They lost to the Warriors, so that's one and one. They lost to the Kings, one and two. They beat the Mavericks, two and two. They lost to the Thunder two and three, they beat the, the trailblazers. So they're three and three. Um, they lose to the Lakers three and four. Uh, they lose to the Rockets three and five. Uh, <laughs> they beat the Pell. They beat the Rockets uh, four and five. Now they got the, uh, the, the Spurs. So uh, they didn't accomplish what I said. To they got to beat the Spurs tomorrow, but of those 11 games left, what do the Pel's have to come up with? How many wins do you think gets them into the playoffs?
5: I think at a minimum, right? They've got to win six because they're okay. right now looking up at everybody else. They're not in that playing right. picture. So, Jordy, you got to think they've got to win more than they lose. So that okay. puts you at six and five at a minimum to give yourself a minimum. chance. Which right. means,
1: which means tomorrow, San Antonio coming into the Smoothie King Center is an absolute must win.
5: Yes, must. They've been must-wins, right? Let's be honest. I mean, I feel yeah. like since that Lakers game and then both of those against the Rockets, to go one and two, that's immensely disappointing. But you're right. They've got to get the Spurs. They've got to get the Hornets. And then yep. let's see what they can do on this road trip. But they they can't fall on their faces. That's for sure.
1: they got to win these next two to give them any hope. If they lose right. one of these next two, I say the season's over. And I say, we're not going to see Zion again. Because you got to go play at the Clippers the Trailblazers are just disintegrating. So you got a chance there in Portland. Mm-hmm. The Warriors don't lose at home. You got to play in the altitude of Denver. Then you get the Clippers back at home. You get the Kings at home. We haven't beaten the Kings in forever, it seems like. You get the Grizzlies. John ja Morant's going to be back. Um, the Knicks at home. And then you close out at the Timberwolves. Uh, six minimum. <laughs> I don't know where you're going to come up with seven wins in this thing, Ollie. I just don't know.
5: Well, they have to start playing like they have not been playing, right? That, that that's all falls down comes down to utilize Jonas, right? When he gets you twenty points, the Pelicans are nine and six on the season. You got to get the big man touches, Brandon. You've got to keep posting like your big scoring games, but you got to do it just smartly. Same thing for CJ. Seems like all too often since you know January that when they've played Jordy, there's too many games where okay they'll get you twenty points, but what do we see? Five turnovers. Or yep. just they, they disappear for a quarter, even a half. That just can't happen, right? Your stars have to be stars. And then, of course, the role players, you guys got to keep doing what you're doing. Herb, like I said, has been playing spectacular, but he can't do it alone. Trey's been playing better, but it's just really getting offense, right? But I don't know who else. Maybe Larry, right? Maybe he starts doing the 100%. Maybe Najee can go on another streak. But, yeah, Jordy, I, I, I don't like their chances, but they still have a chance because we've seen yeah. them play better like we did at the start of the year, like like we did last season. So that's why it's so hard to write them off completely.
1: If they don't make the playoffs, what happens next?
5: Ooh, I think some accountability has to be taken to where there's change somewhere, right? Somewhere. So the front office has to realize, look, we were 23 and 12. We had a vision. We saw kind of start to get realized the talent was there, but it fell apart. So, to me, I think that you look at the coaching staff and not firing Willie Green, but maybe make a change or two. Will you bring some more experience? Because it's still inconceivable that this offense has been as bad as it has since Don's been out. When we saw this team you know, have so much success last season, start of this season. So I just feel like that you bring in another experience. Mine, Mike D'Antoni, as a consulting role, doesn't work. Find somebody else, get him on the bench next to Willie for every single game. And then maybe make another move, right? I don't know if JV, he's got another year left on his contract. But if you're not going to feed that big man, if you're not going to feature him, well, you've got to find another center that fits yeah. better with what you're trying to do, which is, of course, is playing fast. So that's the two one, uh, two main, I guess, focal points I'm looking at.
1: I understand things change. And I, like at one point in time, Jackson Hazel was doing pretty good. Now, Last night, he gets two minutes. Um, yeah. It's just... Josh Richardson, that hasn't been, you know, the pickup that you thought it was going to be. Obviously, um, Najee Marshall was was terrific when he was starting. Now he's getting seventeen minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the bench is not is not there. Um, I think Alvarado's a huge loss. Mm-hmm. And again, what can I say about Zion? I mean, he's just never available ever.
5: Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. If you're in the front office, you realize that you've got one of the best players in the league. Hands down. We've seen it. He, we, he, I mean, remember when he was in the MVP discussions there when uh, the Pelicans were really ripping off yeah. some wins, seven wins, yeah, seven games, yeah. five games. And so that – I should have mentioned that. That should be another area that you really look at, right, this training staff. I know yes. it's ba- got some vaunted names there, but if, if Nelson's not – been able to produce the results, maybe you have to look in a different direction. So, yeah, having Zion available, that's where it really does start, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. All right, let's see. There's still a puncture's chance here, but uh, that other puncture looks like Mike Tyson to me back in his (laughs) prime. I'm not counting on this in any way, shape, or form. But Ali always keeps up the positive front. That's why I love talking with you, man. I I really do. Thanks a lot. They got to win against the uh, Spurs. They got to win against the Hornets,
5: or it's done. It's over.
1: It'll be curtains.
5: I agree because I'm glad you didn't talk to me on Friday. I was not (laughs) in a good mood and I was ready to rant. Whoever was ready to listen.
1: (laughs) I wouldn't do that to you. Thank you, buddy. Yep. Take care, Jordy. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Blake Ruffino, are you serious? Next.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets every day. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, man, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, beach season? Well, the answer is Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win. Until you start playing by DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted, and by Cajun Chef. Oh, share! Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce.
0: Jordy Holtberg is known far and wide as the blonde bomber for the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let yourself- may not be as golden or as long but Jordy is still making a name for himself back to more of the Jordy Holtberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station
1: 34 minutes and some change after the hour on this beautiful Monday March 20th got a little cold in the morning warming up warming up a little bit and uh that's awesome And it's a Monday, and we get to welcome in our good friend, the host of the Are You Serious podcast, Mr. Blake Ruffino. Blake, what's happening, buddy? How are you?
6: I'm doing good, Jordy. How are we doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um, Man, that Angel Reese is a pretty good ball player, isn't she?
6: Yeah, she's pretty sick and good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and what's even crazier, Jordy, is if she does stay for an extra year, like she said she intends to, that team's only going to get better. Could you imagine Michaela Williams, Flo Jay, uh, uh, Andrew Reese, and Poole and others?
1: Oh, there's – I'm telling you, where else is she going to go? She's coming back because they're not going to win the championship this year. Next year, all bets are off. Next year is their year, um, I, I believe. So, yeah, she, she's amazing. She's, she's done She's done terrific. Um LSU baseball wins two out of three. Uh, nothing to be, yep. nothing to uh, sneeze about. You go on the road against the top fifteen team in Texas A and M, and you win two out of three. I tell you what, as good as Angel Reese is in basketball, this Paul Skeens is in baseball. This guy's unhittable.
6: Jordy, I talked to a buddy of mine who's been a scout in the major leagues. He's been in the front office. Uh, he's here locally, and. He told me that the pirates, you know, have started to consider Paul Skeens going one-one, even over above above Dylan Cruz. So, what does that mean, and why is that significant? I think number one because Skeens, to some extent, right? It just depends on what your team needs. Now, the guy that has the, the team that has the number two pick. People are wanting them to pick crews over schemes. and it, it, it's very um, how do I want to use this? Typical um, of the the Pirates to draft a really good pitcher and then trade him for multiple pieces. You know, yeah. the last time the Pirates made the playoffs, they did something that was something similar. Drafted a, the number one pitcher overall, traded for a lot of position players. Those guys come up, they make the major, they make Major League Baseball's active roster and then they have a pretty good team. So I wouldn't be surprised, Shorty, if the number one and number two overall pick in this year's upcoming draft is Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz.
1: Wow. Um, that's, uh, that, that's That says an awful, awful lot. One thing that I took note from, um, last year, second half of the SEC, Josh Pearson was one of LSU's best hitters. And I thought if, you made, if I had to make a prediction about this year and who was going to be playing, I thought Josh Pearson would be in the starting lineup. He obviously had a tough fall in an early spring, but, man, he got his chance against A&M, and he, he was really good. Two singles, two ribbies on Friday, a double, two walks on Saturday, two runs batted in on Sunday. I don't know how you keep him out of the lineup now.
6: I no, know you don't. You don't the the now the rotation the rotational piece would ultimately be um, for Jay is what do you do with Paxton Kling? But the thing with Paxton Kling, though is he's such a young guy. Do you really take him out and, and ruin his confidence after no. one weekend series? No. So you know, I look. They got a lot of great problems, and Jordy. Five of the seven matchups this week in the SEC were sweet. You could have been the sixth one. Okay. And you know, you just you get into a situation where you start asking yourself: the guys that have been there, Pearson, Cruz, and others, especially in that outfield position, do you do you bring in a Joe Bear? And you know, it just it's a good problem to have. But you know, when they brought, when a And M on Sunday brought in left-handed pitchers. Okay, Saturday you absolutely raked one, and then the other times you got shut down. Jordan got shut down third, fourth, fifth, and sixth inning. And then you have no outs with bases loaded in the seventh, and you only score one. That can't happen. So, situational hitting needs to get better. And then now what do you do with Riley Cooper? So, they have problems. I think they work out of it. But, Jordan, now you have a top-five matchup this week. Arkansas comes to town, and they have some absolute studs. They, they have, do. I think, six guys sitting over 300. They they take really professional events. And then you have three pitchers that have an ERA or below three that are going to start. And their fourth star, their midweek guy, who has seen some rotational work uh, in, in the weekends, he has an ERA of below three as well. So you have a really good team. You, you know, you kind of maybe want to, you know, if you have in a situation, fight through that. majority. this is where – not playing a full nine innings can hurt you, right? You don't get the reps. You don't you you don't play in these full games, and I think that's why Jay wanted to play some of those games with the full nine Absolutely. innings. See what you have Absolutely. in the bullpen because right now you have five guys in the bullpen. You really don't know what you can get out of them. Yeah. And so yeah. as this continues to work on, you kind of want to you kind of want to go to a team and be like, look, man, we we need to work nine. You know, we need to play nine. So. We'll see how, how it progresses.
1: Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Uh, how often do you do this? your podcast? Do you do it every day of the week or do you take a day off? How do you do that?
6: So normally after the football season, and we take a little bit of a break. You know, we maybe go four, maybe five times a week. But now okay. that spring football is picked up and baseball is in the SEC, we'll go six, seven times a week. And then right. you know something that we launched last August, our SEC show will go probably three or four times a week. So okay. Spe- usually live ten times ten times a week. And, you know, wow,
1: you're busy, so, busy dude. You work during the yeah. day. You're a father and you're a podcast. You're a busy, busy dude. What uh, after the first weekend of the SEC? It's surprising to me. Tennessee's 0-3, the defending champs, Ole Miss is 0-3, Auburn's 0-3, Mississippi <laughs> State's
6: 0-3. It's a crazy SEC league already. Mississippi State's the worst. is horrible. Now, the teams that we got to talk about, Jordy, I can't believe I'm saying going to say this. Everybody's battling if Kentucky's a football or basketball school. What about baseball? Yep, undefeated. Uh, they're, on a a four- they're on a 14-game win streak. 18-2 and two they, overall. They, they- <laughs> Yeah. They, they are pretty good. They are pretty good. You talk about Missouri, and then you have a big weekend series this weekend. Missouri goes 3-0 and in the SEC, goes to South Carolina, who's also 3-0. Both That's teams right. are, quote-unquote, not tested. Well, I don't know how you can say that about Missouri. You know, Missouri went out there, Jordy, and absolutely blank Texas, something that you couldn't do, by the way, I might add. And then <laughs> they go out and they sweep Tennessee. Now, I will admit, I will admit that, some of these things, some don't write on Tennessee yet. Okay, if you watch the weekend series, the Saturday, both Sunday games the seven inning games. That second game, if they would have played nine innings, Missouri would have lost. They didn't have the rotational pieces to to stay on top, but would have, could have, should have. Um, but around the SEC, you're right. I mean, they now uh, Tennessee has a And M at home. It, it. I don't know. I don't think. You know, uh, of the big three sports, I don't know that if you could say that the the SEC is the deepest in baseball than any other sport, in any, any other conference. Because, Jordy, on any given week, you're playing the top 15, a top 25
1: team. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I, I would venture, to, uh, if you took the top three sports, all right, you got um, football, right? Basketball had eight yep. teams in the NCAA tournament, three teams in the Sweet 16. Then you got baseball with I don't know seven teams in the in the top ten or close to that. Rank them in order. Mm-hmm. What's who's got the best the best sport in the in the conference? Is it football? Is it basketball? Is it baseball? I think you could you could argue amongst all three of them.
6: Yeah, i I got to say, I, I'd still go baseball. I, I'd still go baseball because, again, you, you, for an example, okay, you got Arkansas and LSU this weekend. That's going to be a juggernaut. you got Florida who, for whatever it's worth, they, they had the leader in home runs in the country with Jack Caglion. Alabama's nothing to sneeze about this year either. They're one and two. I mean the only I, I mean right now maybe you could say Mississippi State's the worst, okay. But when you when you can come out here and say Jordy Vandy has three major league starting pitchers, good luck. Good luck. You oh, generally have one, two, three, four. I'm counting this on my on my notes for the show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You have eleven ranked opponents out of fourteen in the SEC, Jordy. <laughs> Uh, It's crazy. It's it's insane, man. I'm with you. How about about them Razorbacks? Jordy, that's a good Kansas team,
1: too. Oh, shoot. Look, the reason I'd have to put basketball last of the three is because it's been a long time since an SEC team won a national championship. I think you got to go back to Kentucky and Cal with Anthony Davis. So it's been a while. Um, for That football, you, you know, Georgia's one back-to-back, Alabama's one. But but the depth of football, there's some really, really, really good teams in the SEC. And there's some really, really not-so-good teams uh, in the SEC. You can say the same thing about basketball. But I think baseball, there aren't that many bad teams in the league, man. So I'm with you. I'm going baseball one, football two, heaven forbid, and basketball three. But all all three of the big three... When you compare them nationally, my goodness, they're right up there yeah. at the top.
6: I mean, the one thing that um, Greg Sankey said in SEC Media Days last year, and this is Football Media Days, he he, he talked about the conscious effort of college, college basketball. And since he's been in the league, Jordy, and the commissioner, for what it's worth, they have done better and been a better conference. Like in yeah. basketball, so I, I, I'm with you there. But look, Arkansas. I mean, Musselman's just—I mean, he needs to keep his shirt on, but he—he he can coach in March now.
1: There's no doubt about that. You know, um, Sankey uh, was a basketball coach back in the right. day, believe it or not. So he's got his roots in hoops. So it means it means an awful lot to him. Uh, you know, and then you put you put the four sport women's basketball. My goodness. I mean, the, the the SEC's rolling, man. It's just freaking. Oh, look at rolling. well,
6: look at Ole Miss last night, Jordy. Yeah, I, I couldn't stand for I mean, yeah. just the physical nature that the lady, the lady Rebs. Okay, how they just were taking, Jordy. They were so physical against Stanford, and you would have thought that Stanford was in a boxing ring with Mike Tyson because they, every girl on that court, their paper's perplexed playing Ole Miss. So yeah. shout out to, to I think it's Coach Taylor. Shout out to her, man. And Ole Miss almost took down South Carolina this this year too, and yeah. uh, they gave LSU a little bit of a lot for their money. So, and this is the crazy thing too about that. Remember when everybody said oh, LSU didn't beat anybody worth a darn? Well, what about Ole Miss?
1: That's right. That's right. Um you're absolutely correct it's uh they got a chance but i I really believe lsu next year uh because south carolina loses a lot of players now they'll go to the portal they'll but they lose a lot of players lsu should have a lot of their players coming back really good recruiting class and you know Kim's gonna hit the portal and get get better guard, play better shooters because that's that's their Achilles heel, man. It, it, they they got to shoot the ball better from outside. Teams are gonna pack it no in, doubt. pack it in, pack it in. If you don't shoot it well,
6: you're out. Well, and, and what's crazy is uh, I'll use last night as an example. Okay, George, that was a that was a seven point game until Paul hit the three, and then Flojay hit those two in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Then they exploded. That's when their offense exploded. But I mean I'm with you. They're gonna they can't they cannot have a twenty seven percent shooting percentage at half. No. That was bad. That's yeah, nice.
1: not especially, and you're at home. My goodness! Right. Now they got to go on the road and venture away, and you know, as great as the LSU fan base is, and they're not going to travel that many. Um, but uh, so it'll be different. And Utah's not nothing to sneeze about. So, no, so we no, See. We shall see. Well, does um I asked this earlier. Uh, does Brian Kelly um have his strength and conditioning coach uh, get his players on the scale? They've been on spring break for a while, or does he say I don't want to know about it?
6: Um, I mean, I, I think so. Uh, you know, Jake Flynn is a guy, Jordan, that we don't talk enough about. Right. I mean, the way that they were conditioned the season ago to took a massive step forward, and we don't talk about it, and. I think that you can look at guys, uh, you know, like Harold Perkins. Jordan, we saw him last week. Okay, I didn't know that he could be get bigger and stay that fast. Um, I think Will Campbell ha- has started to lose a little baby fat. Emory Jones as well. So, I mean, you know, I I don't know. I, I mean, think that from what I understand, a lot of guys say. I think they're. I think they're, they were scared to leave. <laughs> I, I mean, now the biggest transformation so far that I've noticed is easily Jay Daniels. Easily, by far. Jordan, he's all, every bit of 205. He came here at 181, 185. 185 pounds soaking wet. You could tell he's bigger. And I mean, he, like, especially in his upper body, right? Yeah, he's been growing out there. Right? He's been working. He's just... Go he, now, I'm he's, sorry. He, that's okay. No, no.
1: I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Continue your thought.
6: But just like, you know, when we got the the exclusive from that picture with Jane Daniels and your listeners can go look at it. We posted it of him working out with Bryce Young and T.J. Stroud. In that picture alone, you could just tell. Right? Like he he without a question is has gotten bigger. Jordan, I expect him to be two ten before the season starts. And if he is, okay. okay I'm telling you. So Jake Flynn is not a and he's a quiet guy. He doesn't talk to media. he's he just like, yeah, talk to Coach Kelly if you want to know. And so, Jake Flynn has been the unwritten. He has literally been, as this team has transformed, he's been a catalyst in most of that. And we, we don't talk about him enough. You know what? You just made me think of something. I think we're going to talk about it tonight. There
1: you go. You see, all I do is serve up appetizers for you. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that's what I do. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Always fun, buddy. Thank you so much. See you next week, Jordy. Go time. You got it, man. Thank you, Blake. We'll take a timeout, our final one of the day, and we'll be racked to wrap it up with some birthday wishes next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: If you want to go out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash, don't worry. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you out with your date night. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, finishing touches to this Monday, March 20th. Special thanks to all of our guests, Glenn West. Go 247 Sports, Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights, Blake Ruffino, the Are You Serious Podcast. If today is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with um, 66-year-old Spike Lee from the world of hockey. Bobby Orr is 75 years old today. Uh, the NBA was a player, broadcaster, coach, now executive for the Miami Heat. Pat Riley of the Armani suit look is 78 years old today and a member of the Dome Patrol. One of the all-time great saints, Ricky Jackson, is 65 today. Happy birthday, Ricky Jackson. What a team. They just had an offense. That those four linebackers, my goodness gracious, Mills, Vaughn, Jackson, Swilling, whoo, that was something else. Um, tomorrow, um, Maybe some news on the Saints. Bob Rose will join us as he does each and every Tuesday for the Black and Gold Report. More on LSU women. We'll preview LSU baseball. We'll preview the the Rage and Cajuns with baseball tomorrow, and so 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 much more. So should be a fun day. James Mesh, thank you, sir, for all you do in that producer's chair. Outstanding job as always. We got all the sound from LSU women's uh, basketball victory over Michigan. Uh, um, late into the night. So we appreciate all of his efforts. And thanks to all of you for listening in, whether it be the radio, whether it be the internet, whether it be television, however you do it, we greatly appreciate that you do. And to our partners, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you. Um, Hope you have a great afternoon, rest of your evening. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So long, everybody.